Hey guys, welcome back to another video. It is Clay. Today I'm going to attempt to differentiate between two personalities that I think get confused quite a bit, and that is the INFJ and the INFP personalities, according to Myers-Briggs. These two personalities are quite similar in many ways. Both idealists, both have an INF in the title, but on the other hand, there's actually some drastic underlying differences between these personalities. So this video might be a little technical. I'm gonna dive into the underlying cognitive functions for both these personalities. I think that's really the only way to fully differentiate between the two. If you just go by the letters alone, the INFJ or INFP, they, the two personalities seem very similar. I mean, the only difference is a J or a P. But when you look at the cognitive functions, there's actually some drastic differences going on here. In fact, every single one of the functions is flipped. So where one has introverted intuition, the other has extroverted intuition. Same with feeling, thinking, and sensing. So in a lot of ways, it's a little misleading, I think, that the fact that these are even called the same thing. I mean, yeah, they both have intuition, but they're different flavors of intuition. Yeah, they both have feeling, and that's where the F comes from in both their names, but they're different flavors of feeling. One has introverted feeling, one has extroverted feeling. And although from the outside, they may appear like similar types of people. What's going on the inside of both these personalities is drastically different. So I'm hoping to clarify this today. I have traditionally been a little confused by this. I think it took me quite a while to really grasp the differences between these two things. And I've actually already recorded this video. Uh, this is the second time I'm recording it. I recorded a few days ago and I went to edit it and I realized I totally screwed up. So I'm doing it again and let's hope that maybe I'm better the second time around. So like I said, the difference between these two personalities is really gonna become clear as we dive into the cognitive functions. And the two personalities lead with very different things. So the INFJ, the dominant function is introverted intuition. Uh, on an INFP, the dominant function is introverted feeling. And those two things are very different and that's really the main way that these two personalities approach life. So I first want to point out a bit of a strange thing with the Myers-Briggs system, and that is really how they determine whether you are a J or a P. And sometimes I'll see people actually saying, well, am I more of a judging type or am I more of a perceiving type? Oh, I'm a judging. I feel like I'm more judging, therefore I must be an INFJ. Or, oh, I'm a little more perceiving, so I must be an INFP. And so right off the bat, I just want to like put this myth to rest. And here's why. They actually determine the personality having a J or a P by the second function in the cognitive function stack. So both personalities have a stack of eight functions. The top four are usually the ones that are used you know, primarily. So an INFJ, for example, has introverted intuition, then it has extroverted feeling, then introverted thinking, followed by extroverted sensing. An INFP, on the other hand, leads with introverted feeling, and they have extroverted intuition second. Third, they have introverted sensing. And then fourth in their inferior function, they have extroverted thinking. So in these two personalities, how the J or the P is actually determined is the first extroverted function in the stack. And in the case of these two personalities, that's the second function. So an INFJ has extroverted feeling. An INFP has extroverted intuition. So Carl Jung, he was the guy that came up with all this stuff a long time ago. And he determined that 
thinking and feeling functions were judging functions. And what does that mean? That's how you make decisions. So perceiving functions, on the other hand, are sensing and intuition. And what that means is it's basically how you gather information. So you gather with your perceiving functions, which are sensing and intuition, and then you make decisions with your judging functions, which are thinking and feeling. So here's the funny thing about it. The dominant function of an INFJ is intuition, which is a perceiving function. So the dominant function of an INFJ is a P. And with an INFP, the dominant function is an F, which is a judging function. So the dominant function of an INFP is a J. Of course, when you go to the second functions, that flips. So the second function in an INFJ is a J. The second function in an INFP is a P. So that's where the J and the P come from. But in a way, if you want to look at dominant functions, an INFJ is more P than an INFP, and an INFP is more J than an INFJ. So I realize that is horribly confusing, but the reason why I'm pointing that out is just to say that you really can't look at the letters. You really have to look at the cognitive functions. So let's start with the dominant function of the INFP. I think this is the clearest way to differentiate the two. This introverted feeling, what does that mean? Dominant introverted feeling in an INFP is gonna make an INFP extremely centered around their values, their ethics, their feelings. They are very aware of their sort of inner feeling self. They often have very strong values, very strong ethics, and because of that, they are extremely authentic. And that's not to say that INFJs aren't authentic, but a dominant introverted feeler is going to be the most authentic type. And in a way, INFPs are almost authentic to a fault. They're so authentic that they're actually unable often to meet people in the middle when it comes to values. So you've got this introverted feeling sitting at their dominant position. And like I said before, feeling is a decision-making process, which sounds funny, right? A lot of people, I think, confuse this and they think that feeling is kind of this wishy-washy thing you just feel. But according to Carl Jung, it actually is a judging function, which is a decision-making function. So INFPs actually almost have a value-based logic. They have this logical decision-making process, but it's not necessarily based on thinking, like an INFJ is more introverted thinking. Instead, it's based on, it's like this value logic. And I gotta throw a shout out to Sora Syke. I hope I'm saying that right. He has a really good video on INFJ versus INFP, and he's kind of the one, uh, I watched that video and it kind of clarified this one issue for me. It's, it's, sometimes it's hard for me to really know what it's like to be in an INFP's head because um, this introverted feeling is a little foreign to me. I understand what extroverted feeling is because I feel like I'm basically ruled by that <laughs> being an INFJ, but INFPs, like what is this introverted feeling? As an INFP collects information, as people say things, as they observe things, basically as things come in, these things are immediately compared to their internal values. And this is where that value-based logic occurs. It's like, is this bad? Is this good? Is this okay? Is it not? Is this moral? Uh, how do I feel about this? Does this align with my values? And it's like, if yes, then the INFP will kind of adopt it. But if no, they will immediately reject it. So often I think that's why INFPs will stand up for what they believe very strongly. Most cases they have no problem, like if somebody says something that they don't quite agree with, they have no problem with kind of disagreeing and making that known. 
I think this can catch a lot of people off guard. So it's sort of like choosing authenticity as being more important than diplomacy. That's not to say that INFPs can't be diplomatic, but if you compare it to an INFJ's extroverted feeling, an INFJ with the extroverted feeling is more concerned about social harmony. That's really what extroverted feeling is doing. They're concerned about other people's feelings. How is this person feeling? How are they doing? Are they, are they fitting into this situation? INFJs are often more worried about other people's feelings than they are of their own. So as a result, an INFJ, let's say they encounter somebody that you know, they have very different opinions from. Generally speaking, they're slightly more diplomatic and are willing to meet people in the middle a little more. And we'll kind of try to slowly, you know, encourage this person to come around if they're trying to change somebody's mind. Um, an unhealthy INFJ often will completely sacrifice their authenticity. And I've talked about this a lot. Look at my last video on people pleasing and codependency, but an, that type of INFJ will just, instead of meeting somebody in the middle, will go all the way and will basically sacrifice their own authenticity to basically meet the needs of this person and almost find their value in that. That's unhealthy extroverted feeling. INFPs, on the other hand, they don't really have that same problem in most cases unless they are unhealthy as well. But a normal INFP generally is less likely to be a codependent people pleaser compared to an INFJ. And that is because of that core center values and ethics that kind of exist at the center of this INFP. So this introverted feeling issue is actually one of the biggest tests if you're trying to determine if you're an INFP or an ENFP. And it was actually a friend of mine that had got INFJ on the test and he was wondering if he was an INFJ, but you know, he would read the profile and it would sort of half match. So when I was going through a really hard time in my life and I didn't really know what to do, he asked me this question. He's like, well, what are your values? Like, follow your values. Look inside you, find those values, and then move forward and make decisions based on those values. That is introverted feeling. That is an introverted feeler being confused at how an extroverted feeler could miss that. It's like, look inside you, see your values, and then follow them, right? So that's the classic INFP or ENFP. That's how really they operate. And at the time, I remember I was confused. I was like, well, what are my values? And I was trying to even figure it out. Like I, I, I couldn't really articulate what my values were at that moment. I think that's the thing about extroverted feeling. So oftentimes, you really have a hard time even knowing how you feel. You know how other people feel first. And it's this very difficult thing, or at least it is for me, maybe because I have this history of being a people pleaser. But traditionally, it's been very difficult for me to know the difference between how I'm feeling and how other people are feeling. So let's say there's a group of people that are upset. I feel uncomfortable and upset. And it's like this difficult process for me to look at myself and be like, am I upset or am I okay here? Is it is this what I want to do? And if it is, and it's like, okay, I need to shut all that out. I need to stop it from coming on to me, right? So I think my mom is like a classic INFP. And it's very obvious when you talk to her because of this introverted feeling. Like, you know, when she's having a chaotic time, for example, she can just close her eyes and like recenter herself, re-evaluate her feelings, her ethics, her values, and then she can kind of come out of that. It's almost like, I wonder if introverted feelers just have a natural knack for things like meditation because they can kind of close out the world for a minute and recenter themselves based on their values. So, but whereas for me, meditation is a little more difficult, but I think 
it's possible that it is even more beneficial for an extroverted feeler because I think by nature, an extroverted feeler will have a hard time knowing what their values are. So back to this example with my friend, he thought he was an INFJ. And I asked him this question, do you just feel like you know how you feel? Like, do you know your values? Do you know your worth? Um, do you struggle with knowing who you are? Me, being an INFJ and potentially a, a recovering people pleaser, would have a really hard time with that question. Do I know who I am? Sometimes I don't even know who I am. Do I know how I feel? It's like, ah, not really. Do I know what my values are? I'm like, well, they're all kind of up in the air, right? Like I haven't really fully locked down a lot of these things. I, I can't decide. So after I asked him that question, he was like, yes, definitely. I know who I am. I know exactly how I feel. I've, I know all my values. And it was just like, without a doubt, he said it. And I was like, okay, well, that's introverted feeling. And so we went on from there. And eventually, just by almost using the cognitive functions, he's like a clear ENFP. So INFPs are going to be even stronger because it's their dominant function. So another test with this to determine if you have introverted feeling or extroverted feeling is, are you concerned with social harmony? Are you more concerned with people having a good experience over yourself having a good experience? Say you're going out to dinner with a bunch of people. Would you rather pick a restaurant that they're happy with or a restaurant that you're happy with? I think in general, introverted feelers will tend towards their own authenticity they're less concerned about social harmony. That's not to say that they're not concerned about it. Um, but extroverted feelers would be more concerned with social harmony than their own well-being. So I want to mention the Dunning-Kruger effect really quickly here. But it's basically that people don't know what they don't know. So let's say, you know, American Idol is a perfect example of this. This person goes on stage, they think they're a good singer, but it's apparent to everybody else that they're a terrible singer. This person isn't a good enough singer to actually know what a good singer is. So that it's essentially what this Dunning-Kruger effect is. Basically, if you're not good at it, you don't even have the capacity to really understand what good means. So the worse you are at something, often the better you think you are. I think this Dunning-Kruger effect comes into this personality stuff a little bit. Because an INFP, for example, when I say you know, they're not as diplomatic as an INFJ, when I say they're not as concerned about social harmony. An INFP might immediately be like, well, I'm concerned about social harmony. I'm you know, concerned about being diplomatic. Um, and same with an INFJ. They're like, no, I, I know my feelings. I know who I am. I know my values. An INFP might think they care about social harmony. They might think they're being diplomatic. But in the end, they might only be you know, a 6 out of 10 on how good they are at this. An INFJ, on the other hand, might be 10 out of 10 on social harmony and diplomacy. But this INFP, they don't know what it's like to be a 10 out of 10, so they can't really answer the question, are you diplomatic? So same thing with an INFJ. They might think they know their feelings, but in the end, they're maybe only a 5 out of 10 on how good they are at that. And so they don't even know what it's like to be a 10 out of 10. I think that's why you actually have to be quite an open-minded person to even really have the self-reflection to know what you're good at and what you're not good at. And I think there's certain personalities out there that really aren't even capable of it. And I think that's why a lot of people get the wrong thing and then they're happy accepting that wrong personality. I think there's a lot of INFPs out there that think they're an INFJ. And I'm sure there's INFJs out there that think they're an INFP. Okay, so I've talked about dominant function of the INFP. 
Let's talk a little bit about the dominant function of the INFJ, and that is introverted intuition. How does that look different than an INFP? Well, first of all, it's a perceiving function, not a judging function. And perceiving is how they kind of gather information. Introverted intuition is a very internal process. It is often quite mysterious to other people. So if you see somebody with dominant introverted intuition, you, you often don't get a glimpse into it. It's very internal to the person who has it. It makes INFJs look a little more reserved than INFPs. Introverted intuition is a bit of a slower process than the INFP's dominant function. INFPs can make really quick decisions. These things come in, they immediately compare it to their values, and then it's like, yes, no, yes, no, value-based logic. Obviously, this is an advantage, because uh, you end up a much quicker decision maker, but also it could be a disadvantage as well, because you may not actually consider all the information. INFPs are more likely to just quickly discard things that could in fact be true. INFJs, on the other hand, it's a slow process, introverted intuition. I think that's why oftentimes, you know, INFJs are more withdrawn. Oftentimes you might see an INFJ just sitting there for a moment. And I've had friends tell me this before. I actually have this one friend. He's like, all of a sudden you'll just stop talking and I, you won't even say anything for like 20 seconds. And then all of a sudden you'll talk. And I think that is introverted intuition. You're sitting there and you're just, you're letting it ruminate for a minute. And then it kind of slowly draws conclusions. So in many ways it's said that people with dominant introverted intuition, so that's INTJs and INFJs, both have that as their dominant function. And this is something I heard from a Soros psych again, um, but it's almost like they're experiencing life inside their heads and it's more of a subjective replay of life rather than actually experiencing life itself. So it's almost like the information and observations all come in and it's almost like it's ruminated over, it's narrowed down, and in the end, these kind of conclusions are made. It's, it's a very mysterious process, to be honest, but introverted intuition loves to come to conclusions. It loves to narrow down. It loves to like laser focus on things. It's also quite decisive. Um, introverted intuition loves to pick a path and then stick to it. It's very good at seeing goals and then moving towards those goals, almost with blinders up, which is a good thing because people with introverted intuition can actually latch onto a goal and become extremely dedicated and work towards that and actually accomplish that goal. People with extroverted intuition, and I'll go into this in a minute, but it's almost like they see the big picture and they have a harder time narrowing down, picking one path and working towards a single goal. They get, they get sidetracked. There's like, oh, look at this shiny thing. Oh, look at this idea. Look at, look at all these things. And they're, they're great at being creative and thinking of all these ideas, but their main challenge is kind of narrowing down. Introverted intuition, that's its strength. So as a result, INFJs appear withdrawn and almost seem slow to make decisions because this, this whole process takes a while. And it's almost like INFJs want to sit with an idea for a while before they really make up their minds and sometimes just never make up their minds. So I think this is a little confusing to a lot of people, you know, especially like INFPs, ENFPs. Here they have this strong value-based logic. They've got everything figured out for themselves. They know their ethics and values. INFJs, on the other hand, were kind of like, kind of floating around a lot of times. We're like, yeah, well this, you know, we're kind of looking at the pros and cons of both sides of this value. And, and if we're lucky, we'll lock it down. But it doesn't always happen. But one thing about introverted intuition is once it comes to a conclusion, it's a very solid conclusion. 
um, you know, in conjunction with the other functions, introverted thinking, extroverted feeling as well. But all these kind of functions work together with the dominant introvert intuition to come to these conclusions. And once an INFJ has kind of come to a conclusion, as has fully thought about it, has fully considered everything, it can be, that's when that sort of laser focus happens. And the blinders are up, and it's almost like new information at that point is kind of just discarded. That can be a negative and a positive, right? It helps you stay focused. But if you've come to an incorrect conclusion, you can be quite stubborn once that conclusion's made to actually change it. So what does extroverted intuition look like in the INFP? Extroverted intuition is a very kind of creative process. It kind of sees all the ideas out there in the world, really great at seeing the possibilities. You've got all these puzzle pieces, all these options. So I actually heard this one analogy that it's like a machine gun versus a sniper rifle. So extroverted intuition is kind of like just spraying bullets in all direction. There might be a target down there and you might actually hit, but it's sort of at the expense of all these other bullets that are just flying all over the place. So it's not to say that extroverted intuition can't hit targets. It's just that they're more easily distracted. They're really good at starting things. They're really good at going down rabbit holes and seeing all these new ideas. And this is in contrast to an INFJ with introverted intuition where it is more like a sniper rifle. So an INFJ will see the target and then pull out their rifle, aim at one target and shoot it. You know, both have their advantages and disadvantages. Extroverted intuition may have trouble latching onto the goal and actually finishing and focusing because what happens is they never really get to that blinders phase. So they're working towards their goal and they're gonna really have to focus to get it because they're gonna have all these new ideas coming in all the time. So as an example, I know one ENFP and she is amazing at coming up with new ideas. She really wants to be an entrepreneur. She really wants to move out of her job. She has all these ideas. And some of them have been really great. And she'll start it. She'll start these businesses. But it's a little frustrating for me to watch because a month, two months down the road, she's like, oh, it's not working. I'm going to try this instead. And she'll just completely abandon this, this project that is really only half complete. So I've started a few businesses at this point. I run one business that's doing quite well. And if there's one thing I've learned about business is that it takes a while. Like if you're going to start a business, like lock yourself down for a year and set up your expectations that it, you know, might not really work for a year. And even then, you know, it might be a 10 year process to turn that into a big thriving thing. You know, you might hit some goals after a year, but the thing about two months, one month and then quitting, it's just, it's actually painful for me to watch. And that's basically an introverted intuitive versus an extroverted intuitive. But at the same time, she's got tons of great ideas. So as she's working on the business, she's like, oh, well, look at this and we can do this. And whereas maybe sometimes I struggle with that. Once I kind of decide what I'm doing, I don't often want to do new ideas even. I want to finish this thing first. Once this thing's finished, then I'll start with some new stuff. So you know, it's really drastically different. So another thing about this, with extroverted intuition being very expansive and quite scattered, INFPs, like I said, might have a harder time sticking to a single topic. So if you're talking to an INFP, say, say an INFJ and an INFP are talking. So this is me and my mom, actually. I often am very focused on one particular little topic. And I notice with INFPs and ENFPs that they'll often start drifting off topic a little more and they have trouble coming back to the topic. I go off topic all the time. 
but I'll often try to like pull myself back. It's like sort of inside of me, there's this desire to get back to the topic at hand and push towards a conclusion on this topic. Um, but I've noticed with INFPs, they don't really have that same goal. They're, they're happy starting this thing. And before we really come to a conclusion on this particular topic, we're sort of moving on to this one. Sometimes that's nice, two different perspectives, two different ways of approaching a conversation. Um, but that is just one way that you might be able to tell the difference between the two. Another way this manifests though is I've noticed that INFPs are less resistant to making plans because they like to keep their options open. This whole extroverted intuition thing, they just like to keep their options open. So with my mom, it's actually like, if I'm like, hey, do you want to meet you know, next week on Saturday for dinner? I'm uh, not to say that she doesn't won't she doesn't want to do that or she doesn't do it, but I, I notice that it makes her a little uncomfortable to really lock herself down, you know, so far in advance. And so I know that about her now, and I'll often sort of just let her, you know, she's like, well, we'll see, you know, I'll just ask me on Saturday morning, and I think this personality stuff, a lot of it. The whole point of it is to understand the difference between people so you don't like get offended. So let's take an ESTJ, for example. ESTJs are very scheduled, very planned. Let's say they go up to an INFP and say, hey, would you like to do this you know, next Thursday at exactly 3.30? And the INFP says, well, you know, we'll see what I'm doing. Can we retouch you know, a day before next week and we'll see what's going on? An ESTJ might almost be insulted by that or offended that this INFP is kind of rejecting their need for a schedule. So I think that's really what all of this personality stuff to me is. It's to understand the difference between people and so that you understand that somebody else's mind actually works in a slightly different way. So with my mom, I try to be flexible because I know that's what she wants, even though I typically you know, I've, it's kind of funny with INFJs. I have heard that INFJs like a plan, like a schedule once it's made, but we often don't like to make it. And so that's, it's kind of this weird paradox with INFJs. We don't really like making the schedule. We find it maybe a little stressful, but once it's made, we feel good. And that's often why INFJs, I think, end up with such structured people is because we like to find these scheduled, structured people because they're making plans all day. And as long as we're on board with their plans, we're like, it, it's kind of restful in a way, right? Like you wake up and it's almost like, it's almost like an admin assistant. They're like, well, this is what we're doing today. You got this here, we're doing this then. It's like, oh, okay, well, that all works. I think where the problems come in in those types of relationships is when this other person is now doing things that you don't want to do. You don't want to do that this afternoon or doing things that you find distasteful or making you do stuff that you know go against what you feel is right. Um, then you can have some massive problems with an INFJ in that situation. So one last difference between introverted intuition and extroverted intuition. Extroverted intuition, because it's extroverted, INFPs often have no problem kind of just extroverting their, their ideas. And that's what really what extroverted intuition is. They will just sort of spit out these half-concluded, half-thought-out things. And sometimes to an INFJ, that seems a little strange because introverted intuition often will keep a lot of that locked in our brains until it's kind of concluded and then we have this full thought. And I think that's why sometimes INFJs catch people off guard. On, you know, here's this INFJ. They seem a little mysterious. They're not really saying much. And then, you know, there's this whole conversation, let's say, around Thanksgiving dinner. 
and then all of a sudden the INFJ will just pipe up with this very direct, very pointed thought, and it kind of appears out of nowhere. So now that we've talked about the top two functions in both personalities, let's move on to the third slot. So an INFJ has introverted thinking, INFP has introverted sensing. So again, this causes the two personalities to approach things in different ways. This third spot is sometimes referred to as the child position. And it is kind of like where, if you have a function in the child position, it's almost like you approach it in this very childlike way with fresh eyes. So INFJs have introverted thinking sitting in that spot. And it almost manifests as like a childlike logic that's not tainted by a lot of the things that I think people are tainted by. For example, a lot of personalities really value bureaucracies, they value culture, tradition. That's naturally not really gonna resonate with introverted thinking in the child position. And if you have kids, you're gonna know what I'm talking about here. Sometimes kids are like, well, that doesn't make sense. Like, why is that? This might be a terrible example, I'm not sure, but my daughter recently, she's nine. She's a very kind of logical person too. I'm curious to know what she's gonna turn out like. But the other day she's like, why do I have to wear a shirt and her brother doesn't at the beach? Why, why, does, why does he get to not wear a shirt and I have to wear a shirt? The problem with answering that question is there's no real answer to that question other than what culture has decided. So culture has decided what's appropriate for women to show, what's appropriate for men to show. Depending on the culture, you know, you go over to India, you go over to, you know, Iran, you, in, in Europe, maybe you're in, you know, Miami Beach. All these places, culture has determined what is appropriate and what is inappropriate, and it's all slightly different. So, you know, you're in Miami Beach, you can go topless on the beach there and people aren't gonna shame you for it. But, you know, go over to like Saudi Arabia, and go tops on the beach, and you're probably getting arrested and maybe going to jail or death penalty even. So basically there's these rules that have been created. So I'm trying to explain this to her. There's these arbitrary rules that people have made that determine that you, as a child, you must wear you know, a shirt or a top and your brother doesn't have to. And in the end, she didn't find that super satisfying. She was like, well, it doesn't make sense. And I'm like, I completely agree. It doesn't make sense. But unfortunately, it's just the way it is. And if you live in a culture, there's all kinds of arbitrary rules that don't really make sense. So introverted thinking really is logic and deductive reasoning. What is deductive reasoning? It is basically a logic-based reasoning. Like, let's say A equals B and B equals C then you can logically deduce that A equals C. So the thing about the third function is that individuals within a personality can sometimes embrace their third function or they can kind of push it aside. And so if an INFJ really works on their logical thinking, their introverted thinking, if it's something they kind of work on and develop, they can become very healthy thinkers, very logical, very deductive almost to the point where they might start to look a little INTP. INTPs have dominant introverted thinking. That's the personality, like you can see them coming from a mile away because they're very logical. They almost look like robots sometimes and they can almost look like they're shut off their feeling that are just like pure logic coming out of their mouth. You know, people like Jordan Peterson, I would say he looks like an INTP to me. 
uh, Sam Harris, another really logical thinker. So an INFJ will never be quite as logical as an INTP because you know, you've got your third function versus their first. However, if you develop it, I think you can start to approach that level. So for myself, I did a degree in computer science when I was young. I did lots of math. So I think in the end, doing all that computer science and math really developed my introverted thinking. I've met other INFJs that don't really value their introverted thinking as much. So if you are an INFJ, I would recommend working on it because you can actually become a, a very logical thinker. And then this can combine with your extroverted feeling, your introverted intuition. And you can really become a really well-rounded, intuitive thinker. So on the other hand, extroverted thinking, which is what the INFP has sitting in their fourth spot. The fourth spot is known as the inferior function. So with the inferior function, it can sometimes be a function that people kind of underdevelop. It's almost like your weak spot. So what is extroverted thinking? Extroverted thinking is like data and information that exists in the world, being quite good at that. So like a dominant extroverted thinker is gonna be really good at looking around and seeing what everybody's thinking. They're gonna be able to listen to their arguments. They're gonna be able to collect data really well and really be very rational with all this information. Like, oh, these 10 experts all say this. You can kind of collect this data and come to these con conclusions that are less about pure logic and more about rationale. And in, in a way, it's inductive reasoning rather than deductive reasoning. So if you want to know more about inductive reasoning, I won't sort of go into the technicalities of that. But that's what extroverted thinking really is at its core. So for example, INTJs, they have extroverted thinking. And I think that's why it's really interesting for INFJs and INTJs to get together and have intellectual discussions. Because you've got this introverted thinking, which is like internal, all pure logic. And then you've got this INTJ with extroverted thinking, which is really good with sort of external knowledge, data, facts, things like that. And you can kind of come together and have some great intellectual discussions and almost help each other sort of get to stronger conclusions. However, with an INFP, because it's sitting in that inferior function, it's kind of their weak spot. And I think part of the reason why it's weak is with an INFP, you have this dominant introverted feeling. So they like to make all these value-based decisions all day long based on their ethics and values. And then you've got this inferior extroverted thinking sitting there, which extroverted thinking likes to make decisions not on emotion, not on values. So in a way, the two kind of conflict. And I think as a result, a strong INFP will sort of learn to use it a little bit to the point where they can research, they can verify facts, it's actually one critique of an INFP I've heard, if this is weak, is that often they will form these values, ethics, these beliefs inside of them with their introverted feeling. But it's almost like if they have weak extroverted thinking, they won't verify those beliefs. And as a result, they might end up with some pretty wild beliefs sometimes. Um, that's not to say that INFPs and ENFPs are wrong about their beliefs. I, I don't mean to say that, but I'm saying that they are more likely, I think, to accept certain beliefs because they're less likely to verify them. Unless they have, you know, worked on their extroverted thinking, then I think they can be quite powerful. You've got this dominant value-based logic and the ability to research and verify their beliefs and values with these facts. So the other thing about the inferior function is it's often sometimes 
used when you know a person is tired or not doing well or stressed. They can become critical in unhealthy ways of people and almost obsess over details. And that's really what extroverted thinking is. Sometimes it just sort of gets really nitpicky and then it can kind of push us on the other people and it can create problems that way. So let's move back up to the third position on the INFP and that is introverted sensing. So that's what they have in their child position. So to explain introverted sensing, let's first consider extroverted sensing. That's basically extroverting your sensing. It's basically observing, using your senses in an external way to gather information because it is a perceiving function. So introverted sensing is like that, except it's more internal to the person. It's almost like you collect experiences. And so that's almost what it seems like if you're strong in introverted sensing. It's almost like you have this internal catalog of all these sensory experiences. And then this catalog of information, of sensory experiences, it almost becomes how they relate back to the world. And I think what that means is that INFPs are going to be most comfortable with things they've already experienced. And I think that's why that you often see them sort of re-enjoying things, almost like to anchor themselves back to a memory or a time in their life where they felt a certain way. And I think they really do relate their feelings at a time to these past experiences. So they will like things like pictures. They might have pictures around their house because they can look at this picture and which it kind of takes them back to this past sensory experience or things like scrapbooking or they might re-watch movies or have music that they really love and they'll re-listen to almost to re-experience an emotion that they had one time maybe when they first experienced the song. I mean, of course, everybody has this. You know, all personalities have a little bit of all these functions. However, somebody who's strong in introverted sensing is going to experience this to another degree. So for example, my mom, I see this in her. She just loves scrapbooking. My whole life as I grew up, she saved so many things, so many more things I think than I would naturally save. So she's got boxes of stuff in her storage from my childhood. And I think it's because of that introverted sensing. She really values those things. I think as well, they're gonna be so much more comfortable with what they're familiar with. So I think they're really gonna enjoy spending time at home. They're gonna feel safest at home. They don't really like surprises in most cases. You know, introverted sensing can also be used almost like quality assurance. So people that are strong with introverted sensing, especially other personalities that are like dominant introverted sensing, or maybe they have their second function as introverted sensing, these people are gonna be really good at comparing new experiences to the ideal. So they might have this complete collection of sensory experiences they've cataloged in their introverted sensing. And then a new thing comes along and they're like, let me compare that to here. And it's like, yep, this fits, yep, this fits. So like, you know, it's almost like a person working on an assembly line, quality assurance. And then, you know, these little things are coming, little widgets are coming down the assembly line and it's their job to pick it up and decide if it matches the ideal. It's like, yep, this matches the ideal, it's good. Yep, this matches the ideal, it's good. And then, you know, if one finally comes along and it's like, nope, this isn't very good. So people that are strong with introverted sensing can be quite good at, you know, being inspectors and things like that. Like somebody who has to go, like a building inspector. You gotta go and like use your introverted sensing to decide, does this thing match the ideal? I think when it's in the third position, it comes out a little bit different. 
I think that would be more people who are dominant introverted sensing. But I think in the case of the INFP, it really does manifest as they're comfortable with their past experiences. Combined with introverted feeling, I think this creates the basis for how INFP empathy works. On one hand, you have an INFJ with extroverted feeling. Let's say their friend is hurting. An INFJ almost has no choice but to absorb that person's feelings with extroverted feeling. It's what it is. It's almost like you take on other people's feelings. So if your friend is hurting, you will hurt along with them. Um, it's great because it makes you a very empathetic person, but it can also make you a bit of a doormat. So as I've talked about in many of my videos, if you're hanging around with people all day that are constantly dumping their emotions on you, as an INFJ, you can become quite depleted quite, quite quickly, and you're going to need to set some boundaries up to keep your extroverted feeling in check. But from what I understand, the way these two personalities experience empathy is slightly different. An INFJ will actually take on the actual feeling in the moment of that person and feel that with them. An INFP sort of use their introverted feeling because they, they know how they feel and they use their introverted sensing. All these past experiences and past feelings, they have this full catalog of them. And it's almost like they can recall them, sort of like, oh, this person is having relationship trouble. They remember a time, and this is all subconscious. They might be like this time where they had relationship problems and how they felt. And it's almost like they will recall that event and recall that feeling. And now they feel that all over again on behalf of this person. So it might not be exactly the same feeling, but it is sort of how they interpret that feeling would feel. All right, so one more function to talk about, and that is the INFJ's fourth or inferior function, which is extroverted sensing. So like I just talked about with INFPs with their introverted sensing, INFJs have extroverted sensing in the inferior function. So extroverted sensing is all about using your senses and sort of perceiving the world and bringing in information with your sensing. So if an INFJ is strong in this area and have worked on it, they will be quite good at looking around them and seeing what's going on. And that's really all it is. What's happening? What is this person doing? What is this person saying? Um, but if it's weak, it can kind of manifest as almost an inability to see the world properly. Or, you know, if an INFJ is tired or stressed, they're going to overlook things. All of a sudden, they can't find stuff. They can't even see it. And this totally happens with me. I might lose something. And like it just happened yesterday. I was looking for this little dongle for my computer. That's why I hate dongles. Um, my new MacBook Pro you know, only has USB-C ports. So you pretty much have to use this dongle in order to plug anything in. And the problem is this dongle, I'm always losing this dongle. And it's not that I'm losing it. It was exactly where I left it. It's just that I went to find it and I couldn't see it. <laughs> so I looked there and I'm not even joking. I looked three times and I'm getting more and more stressed as I can't find this thing. I looked in all the places three times. And then so I asked somebody else, I'm like, have you seen this thing? I cannot find it. And she's like, it's what, this thing right here? And it was exactly where I've looked three times. So that is... That is inferior extrovert sensing right there. It can also manifest in ways like sometimes I'll cut myself but not even notice. And then I'll like eventually notice that there's blood all over the place, you know, strewn all over the floor. 
in the kitchen and out here. And then I'll look and I've got this big cut on my foot. And, you know, I didn't even notice. It's like you're unaware of the environment. You're unaware of your own body. So sometimes people with weak extroverted sensing, it's almost like they forget to eat. They become unaware that they even need to eat. Um, and that's really confusing to other personalities where they're like obsessed with eating, right? Certain people are obsessed with eating. They're like, how can you possibly forget to eat? That makes no sense. Well, it's extroverted sensing in an inferior position. So that's why I think it's important for all personalities to kind of look at their inferior function and also their third function, which is the introverted thinking, and almost like work on those things. Try to give those things time because if you can work on them and become strong in those areas, you can become a much more well-rounded person. All right, so now that we've made it through the cognitive functions, I just want to sort of give my overall impression about these personalities and sort of the overall difference. So both types are going to sort of value authenticity. However, INFPs are going to be much more authentic in general, to the point of almost sometimes being over-authentic, to the point of almost being a square peg trying to fit into a round hole. I think INFPs will often struggle with fitting in more than an INFJ. INFJs will also feel, you know, misunderstood, but they're going to be able to fit in a little more. INFJs are a little more like social chameleons with their extroverted feeling. So they can kind of meld into groups. And although they will remain quite mysterious to people, I think that introverted intuition sort of comes off as a bit of mystery to a lot of people from an outside view. They can be quite warm and care a lot about social harmony because of that extroverted feeling. INFPs, on the other hand, a little less desire to create that social harmony, more likely to struggle with that, those feelings of not fitting in. Another thing about INFPs and their authenticity and their introverted feeling combined with that extroverted intuition is that they have no problem being themselves, being authentic. And as a result, you might see them, you know, wearing clothes or expressing themselves in ways that kind of show the world who they are a little more than say an INFJ. For example, people that wear certain clothes that are very like loud or it's just an expression of who they are inside. If you see people like that, I would say they're much more likely to be an INFP or ENFP. Whereas an INFJ, because they really do have this, this social harmony built into them and this, this it's almost like they don't, they don't want to stand out. They just want to blend in. So an INFJ, I think, would be much more likely to dress in a way that doesn't draw attention. Um, just to, you know, dress in a way that's respectful and a way that they can fit in when sort of the INFP, ENFP is over here being like super expressive with their dress. So another thing I've noticed about INFPs and ENFPs in particular is they're much more spiritual usually than other types. Much more willing to kind of explore spirituality and how they relate to it. And oftentimes they'll kind of end up with these, what I would view as quite out there beliefs. I mean, I don't want to sound insulting, but I think that INFPs and ENFPs are more likely to absorb kind of like stranger or out there beliefs. Um, oftentimes now when I see somebody who's very spiritual, you know, coming up with all these wild theories about spirituality and maybe they don't really have a lot of 
evidence or proof behind it. I almost kind of just see it as sort of an INFP, ENFP thing now. It's just sort of the way they are. And it's just sort of something I've noticed that they tend to be a lot more spiritual. So I think in contrast, when it comes to beliefs, INFJs are a little more logical. They will still have beliefs, obviously, but I think it's, I think it's more important for an INFJ to have reasons for what they believe. And that is that introverted thinking. I know a lot of people don't have reasons for what they believe. They're just believing things because they've been told to believe them. And I think, I suspect anyway, with an INFJ, that's going to be this underlying kind of like, you know, a grain of sand that's kind of just rubbing against you, sort of like, it's, it's not going to be really comfortable. I think an INFJ is going to be more comfortable if they have reasons for what they believe and know why they believe it. I think this is where a lot of my angst came from in the past as I was raised in a, a pretty like fundamentalist religious system is that a lot of it didn't make sense to me, but I still tried to believe it. And it's this constant battle between, you know, pleasing others, but my own internal logic. I think that's one of the biggest struggles for INFJs when it comes to beliefs. Whereas it seems like INFPs and ENFPs, because they're so value-based, and they don't really have introverted thinking. I think it's easier for them to accept these beliefs and then form their selves around this, kind of form this strong identity and end up really quite strong, confident, authentic people. So in a lot of ways, I'm almost jealous of INFPs and ENFPs in a way that they seem to know themselves so much. And I, I kind of wonder what it would feel like to be so confident about yourself. So something that I would like to learn more about if I could sort of adopt some of that into my own life. I'd love to hear in the comments um, if any of this information helped you or if it maybe changed your mind about what you are. Like, were you an INFJ and you're thinking now maybe you're feeling more INFP or maybe the other way around, INFP to INFJ. Um, if you have any questions about it, feel free to leave those as well. Another thing I'm thinking about doing, and I'd love some feedback on, I find the comments on the videos nice. I'm thinking about making a feature maybe where people could go to a web page and leave like an audio question or even a video question. That would be perfect. And then basically what I'm thinking about doing is each time I make a video, at the end of the video, I could put a few of these questions on the end, especially if you could actually see the person who's asking the question. I think it would make it much more personable. And then I could answer a few questions that way. I haven't implemented this feature yet, but I was curious to know if anybody would find that valuable. Let me know. Anyway, guys, thanks for checking it out. Have a great day.